0: and welcome to the short stuff there's charles there's jerome this is joshua this is short stuff the legend how you doing i'm doing good man i'm pretty excited about this one
1: you ever been to niagara falls i have what's it like
0: uh watery damp (laughs) uh it's very pretty it's actually really neat it's it's definitely worth seeing uh
1: which falls did you see
0: we went on the American side, but then, you know, when we got to the Canadian side, we stopped and turned around and looked again. But um, <laughs> it's a, it's really definitely a sight to see for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess we should uh, point that out for people like me who have never been to Niagara Falls mm-hmm. that there are a few falls. Yeah. Uh, if you're American and you don't want to leave the country, you can see the American side. Right. If you want to see something that, to my eye on images online, looks better, mm-hmm. the Canadian Horseshoe Falls look pretty nice. Mm-hmm. They're better, right?
0: I don't want to say better because I'm an American, <laughs> but they are much larger. There's a much, a much larger volume of water. It's much more graceful.
1: Okay. And they're separated by uh, Goat Island. And then there's cute little bridal veil fall mm-hmm. separated from the American fall by mm-hmm. Luna Island.
0: Yeah. So there's technically three falls with Niagara Falls. And... um What's surprising to me, Chuck, is is, um, in researching this, like that setup where you've got the American Falls, Bridal Veil Falls, and then Horseshoe Falls on the Canadian side, that's only like 500 to 800 years old. Yeah, that seems old, but uh, I I believe that. I don't know why. That sounds reasonable to me. Okay, well, that's like, I can't keep my socks on every time I hear that. Oh, really? Yeah, because you think of something like a geological feature like a waterfall. It's got to be ancient, right? but the idea that it's only been that way for 500 or 800 years is kind of surprising until of course then you look into it a little further and you see oh well this this waterfall is just eroding the earth beneath it so quick yeah. that yeah it's it's of, of course it's not always been this way it just totally makes sense
1: yeah and that erosion you know the the bottom of the falls is pretty uh intimidating it's very rocky mm-hmm. and uh jagged big boulders that's why going over a barrel we did a podcast, I guess if you want to call it that, many, many <laughs> years ago in our early days, yeah, about going over the falls in a barrel, then it's incredibly dangerous.
0: Yeah, it is very dangerous. And those rocks, though, haven't always been there. There were two rock falls in the 1930s and the 1950s, specifically under the American Falls. And that left a lot of boulders underneath. And some people said, well, that is just unsightly. And frankly, it's probably not very patriotic to let the Canadians best us with their much more beautiful waterfall now. Mm-hmm. So we've got to figure out what to do about this because we can't just let the American Falls go away.
1: That's right. And who do you call when you need something like this done? You know that. You call the Army Corps of Engineers, and they said, well, really the only way to find out what's going on is to uh, dry up this waterfall. <laughs> and everyone at the table spit out their coffee. <laughs> and they said, you're crazy. It's, it's 1969. What are you talking about? And they said, you know, it's really not that hard.
0: Yeah, it really isn't. So they they hired a construction company, and they built a cofferdam, which I believe we talked about in the Hoover Dam episode. It's yeah. just like a mound of earth that is holding water back um, that's not normally there. And they built that at the point, like the fork, where the American Falls began, and they diverted the Niagara River mostly over to the Horseshoe Falls, a little bit to the Bridal Falls. But then that was it. The, like the water stopped flowing over the Niagara uh, American Fall, and it virtually dried everything up. It was kind of easy if you if you think about it. I mean, it was yeah. a massive, huge project, but it wasn't technically that hard.
1: Yeah, it was close to twenty eight thousand tons of uh, fill. So that's a lot of a lot of dirt and rock it's and a earth. lot of fills. That's a lot of fills. Um, but when you think about the fact that that Horseshoe Fall accounts for 90% of the dump anyway. Mm -hmm. Like they couldn't dam up Horseshoe Fall. There's no way, right?
0: I I don't believe so. No, I don't think the American Fall could take it.
1: Uh, The other thing I wonder too is if when they did this, if you could tell a difference at Horseshoe Fall.
0: Yes, I read that you could. Oh, really? Most decidedly. They said it looks 10% cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm 10% more inspired. I love it. Yeah, the rainbows around it were 10% brighter. It was just, you could really tell.
1: Well, Should we take a little break?
0: Well, sure, man.
1: All right, let's take a break and find out exactly what they did once they had these dry falls right after this.
0: So again, Chuck, they dried up Niagara Falls because they wanted to figure out how to keep it from eroding and possibly how to clean it up, like clean up all those boulders that talus at the bottom from those rock falls because they were worried about it looking ug, basically.
1: That's right. But here's the thing, uh, that and you should look up pictures of this if you're not driving your car because it's pretty remarkable.
0: It really is.
1: To see this thing uh, dried up like that. I mean, it just looks like a, you know, really flat mountain, basically, (laughs) like a cliff, Mm -hmm. which is what it is. Right. But uh, they couldn't keep it all dry. That face, they had to keep wet because it had never been dried out and exposed to the sun and the wind. And they were rightfully worried about what might happen. So they had to keep spraying that face. Yeah. Kind of continually
0: from, what, like June to November? Yeah, they installed the sprinkler system to do it. Oh, they they didn't have just a bunch of people? (laughs) Right, just standing (laughs) there with hoses. Like, this is the worst summer job of all time.
1: That's right. But then they had to clean out uh, the riverbed. So they sandblasted out um, a bunch of stuff, and they got the moss off, and they sprayed all these rocks clean Mm -hmm. and got all the loose gravel out of there. And they really wanted to see what was going on, you know, geologically. So they injected blue dye uh, into the they drilled down into the riverbed, injected blue dye, and they were like, "Let's let's see what happens. Let's sit back and have have a tea and see where this blue comes out."
0: And then some of the more excited workmen among them would be like, "Oh, there it is! There it is!" Probably and, so. When the blue dye started to emerge, and they would clap and point and laugh. That's right. Um, they also installed something called extensometers, which are pretty interesting. They're little sounds so made up. It does. It also sounds like something a a mad villain would would use. But it measures the movement of the rock in the foundation or the bed or the riverbed of the American Falls to— basically look out for any movement greater than one one-hundredth of an inch. Yeah, that's is
1: pretty specific.
0: Very specific. And they also installed little metal posts called monuments, which they can use in the future and have used in the future um, to survey the area and see if they've moved at all, if the the riverbed has moved at all, in the hopes that they will be able to catch a rock fall from happening or erosion from happening before it happens.
1: That's right. And they did find a place where they thought it was uh, pretty susceptible in the future mm-hmm. to occur, and that was at Prospect Point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this had already been a place where they had a rock fall in 1954, right. which is the one that kind of kick-started this whole plan to begin with. So Prospect Point is a problem, quite frankly. Yes. Uh, although this was uh, – 1954 is the last time it happened. It hasn't happened since.
0: No, it hasn't. And I think some people might be a little surprised because this is 1969 where they're like, "Uh, this is probably where it's going to happen next again. And it just still hasn't. It was the Summer of Love. It was. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Look, I have it written down here, the Summer of Love underneath there. Did you get that email?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Apparently we've been saying Summer of Love is... Anything but 1967, and that is officially the Summer of Love.
0: I did not know that.
1: So I I always thought it was 68 for some reason.
0: I always thought it was 69.
1: All right. Well, uh, in show correction. Yeah. Short stuff style. Yes. So back to the dry bed, you would think, who would want to come see a dried up Niagara Falls? I would. And it turns out a lot of people. Would you not? Well, I mean, I haven't been to – I I would want to – I I don't know if that would want that to be my first trip.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Or you would definitely want to go back a second time when it's in full swing for
1: sure. Or maybe actually that would be the time to go because you could see that and Horseshoe Falls. Right. And get the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah. So so some people were thinking like that and thought like, this is amazing. There was one weekend in mid-July where 90,000 people streamed through there. Um, to see, you know, because this is, this is kind of a once in a lifetime thing to see Niagara Falls dried up, or the American Falls at least. But overall, that tour season was pretty, pretty lame, because a lot of people were like, "Well, I guess it's under construction. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna pay for that road trip to go see a lame-o fall."
1: Yeah, and the original plan was they were like, "Let's try this thing out and invite people out to walk around and do stuff." Mm-hmm. They kind of were like, it's a little too wet still, and it's probably still kind of dangerous. So, it was in August, finally, that they deemed it dry enough for people to go out safely. Mm-hmm. I think they never allowed people up on the cliff, did they?
0: Well, they built a fence on the brink. So, I think, I don't know how close to the brink they were allowed to be, but I, I get the impression that all throughout the summer, whether they were allowed out there or not, people would go run out on the riverbed and just, like, hang out. Oh, Yeah. And then they would be chased off by the army corps. They'd well, be like, "We we might not have guns, but we have sextants."
1: <laughs> Another thing they did, and I, I just consider this very bad luck. People would go out and collect wish coins. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I
0: would, I, isn't that bad luck? Uh, I don't know. Those are people's wishes. We've seen the Goonies. Yeah, yeah, but the wishes have come and gone. I mean, come on. If it's not if they haven't know, been granted man. by now, they're not going to be granted. You know, let's give those coins another shot.
1: I guess so. It just seems, <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't seem right. Um, That's like
0: that one part in the <laughs> Simpsons, the Beer Baron episode where they're driving through the cemetery and Bart goes, Dad, it's bad luck to run over gravestones. And Homer goes, really? I heard good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good luck. Um <laughs> One thing they did find, and
1: it's kind of amazing they didn't find more dead bodies, but they did find two. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, One of them was a pretty recent one that they were actually looking for this guy. Yeah. They saw this guy dive into the river about a week before, so they knew he would be in there. But what they didn't know is that they would find a very creepy find, a woman in a red striped dress Mm -hmm. uh, who had been down there for a long time. It says, lodged headfirst into the talus. Isn't that ghoulish? That's so ghoulish. And she had a gold ring inscribed with forget-me-not.
0: Yeah. And then the irony of that is that she's never been identified. Yeah, that seems remarkable to me. It does, and man, I looked, I was like, I don't know how else to word this search, but I didn't find anything about that woman being identified ever. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't, and I'm also not sure that the guy who jumped the week before they turned the water off was ever identified as well.
1: Oh, really? They didn't yeah. know who it
0: was? No, but they, um, they, yeah, he was mistaken for a worker by some people who saw him initially jump in, and then they were like, oh, wait, that that guy, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, a lot of people are surprised that they didn't find more bodies because there's a lot of people who die by suicide or just do something dumb and, and go right. over the, the, you know, falls in a barrel or whatever. Like, it's it's a well-known place to do that, and only two bodies is kind of strange.
1: Yeah, they found one deer carcass, mm-hmm. which uh, that's deer. kind of surprising. I, I just thought it would be littered with carcasses.
0: I think that's kind of what they were half expecting, too.
1: It was probably... A good, you know, they were delighted by that, I'm sure.
0: They were. They were. (laughs) Yeah. So by uh, November, they're like, okay, we've figured out everything we can figure out. We've kind of shorted up as best we can. Um, From what I read, the, the waterfall naturally eroded at like five feet a year. And now they've got it down to one because of the stuff they did in 1969 and later in 1972. But um, they said, okay, it's time to turn the water back on. And they did. on uh, Get this. November 25th, 1969, which I believe was 50 years and two days ago. Oh, wow. Isn't that neat? Happy uh, anniversary. Happy water (laughs) day.
1: Reintroduction of water to fall day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and of course they had to do it slowly throughout the course of a day. Uh, They couldn't just make some big magnificent scene and say, watch this, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they wanted to, but... uh,
0: Hang on to your duffs.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they did some math to figure out just kind of how slow they needed to go with it. But it was still probably pretty cool to see.
0: I'll bet it was for sure. Um, And so what was kind of heartening to me is they said, okay, we learned a lot, actually. And we can probably keep this thing from eroding, but should we? And this joint task force to kind of preserve Niagara Falls, but a joint um, commission between Canada and the U.S., said, well, what do the residents around here think? So they sent out little mailers and asked, like, 200,000 residents in Canada and on the U.S. side, what do you guys think we should do? And the majority of people said, hey, it's a natural formation. Just leave it to nature. Leave it be. So they did. Yeah. Thought that was kind of neat.
1: I like that they asked locally,
0: too. Right. They they asked locally and acted locally. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) There you go. Oh yeah, they were going to turn it off one more time in 2019. Oh yeah, yeah. To fix some bridges, and I believe time has basically run out on that project. So it might happen in 2020.
1: Well, let's cross our fingers. Maybe we can uh, do a podcast live from the brink.
0: That's a really great idea, Chuck. Uh, Well, I guess uh, that's the end of short stuff, Chuck, which means short stuff out.